This is The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. Good morning, it's John Moore. This is The Breakfast Wrap for Thursday, March 9th. Here's the weather forecast for today. Mixture of sun and cloud this morning, a high of plus two. There is some snow possibly on the way tomorrow and into the weekend. Here are the five things you need to know. Number one, security tightened at six Peel Region high schools. Number two, grocery chain CEOs defend themselves in Ottawa. Number three, Tim Hortons is scalded by a contest scandal. Number four, dogs are going to be allowed to bark again in city parks. And number five, a massive billion-dollar Vegas-style resort and casino is coming to Toronto. The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. Well, welcome to your Thursday. Minus three degrees outside. Lots of things related to the uh, state of education. Few of them having anything to do with actual education this morning. For example, six schools in Brampton uh, increasing their security measures. And uh, that will include a police presence, although they were very cautious. They said it's not going to be inside the school, like that that is a problem. Uh, I, you know, I mean, I'm... I've been on the record that I think that the police officers in schools program was a great idea. I don't know why we we abandon it. I mean, I get it. There are there is a certain cohort of people who regard a police officer in uniform as some sort of um, threat. And so some people feel intimidated by that. And I get it. There is a fraught relationship in many racialized communities between the police and the individuals in those communities. But I still always thought that it was a net positive that kids have a friendly encounter with uniformed police officers early in life because I just think it leads to, you know, better, better relationships moving forward. But um, the thing about this situation, and I won't name the schools again because the kids and parents and teachers and all staff know which schools are affected. There were some kids on the local TV news last night saying they didn't want to go to school today anymore, and certainly Friday, which was identified as the day where some sort of um, armed attack was going to take place. And that's understandable. I mean, school shootings in the U.S. are so common, you barely document them anymore. Um but in this case, it's probably spurious. It's probably a complete nonsense threat. And I, frankly, I hope there is a means for police to track down the individual responsible and for this person to be um, punished because there's no reason why kids or staff or anybody should feel that their school is not a safe place. And there's no reason for us to be expending police resources in order to seem to keep the peace when in all likelihood this whole thing is just uh, is mischief. Meanwhile, um, you know, this case of uh, the mother of a six-year-old boy who is black, who uh, she contends was confined to locked in a small room as punishment, and she says that race was an aspect of this. The organization that actually represents staff who are vice principals and principals in schools all over Ontario, um, is expressing, I don't know if they're expressing outrage, but they're very, very upset. And their issue is 
that on the mere say-so of this woman, although there are other parents who have stepped forward and said that they believe their kids have been um, mistreated owing to race, but they say on the you know the say-so of this one woman, all principals and vice principals now feel vulnerable across the province. And in particular, there are several staff members who have been put on home assignment. And they say, listen, this, is whole, this whole thing is being litigated in the media and the public sphere. And these people are on home leave, even though absolutely none of this stuff has been yet proven. Now, we put out a message. We said, you know, this to this organization, do you want to come on our show this morning and talk about this? And they said, no, we got a written statement. That's it. We're done. We're not going to say anything else. And I guess that's also understandable. I mean, this is a bit of a legal situation, if uh, if nothing else. Um, but I think it's definitely a discussion worth having. And so we'll have it this morning on our show with our pundits and uh, on the roundtables. Then keeping, if we want to be all thematic in all of this, with uh, anything associated with education, uh, Toronto Metropolitan University, which I always have to remind myself, okay, what's that? Well, it's the old Ryerson. And so TMU is in a bit of a dispute with some students and staff because there were two sexual assaults last year. TMU said that they were upping their security measures, but the evidence suggests that perhaps they never did. Uh, so after a second woman was sexually assaulted on Toronto Metropolitan University's downtown campus, staff and students were in need of reassurance. Uh, the article by Brendan Kennedy continues, in November, the university said it had beefed up security, measures that included having six security staff stationed in Kerr Hall where the assaults took place. However, um, and, you know, there's no documented evidence of this necessarily, but uh, the anecdotal evidence would suggest that nobody has seen any increase in security on campus. Worth noting that the two individuals who are suspected of having committed these unrelated sexual assaults were both arrested. So, you know, is this an ongoing situation where there is necessarily, owing to the fact that this campus is located in the heart of downtown Toronto, is there an actual security threat or was it a case of a couple of unrelated attacks? People were arrested. They're going to be, well, they've been charged. They're going to be tried. And uh, so threat over. Uh, one of the stories I absolutely love as a debatable today would be uh, Tim Hortons. And the roll up the rim to win contest launched again on Monday. And as you may know, if you're a Tim Hortons enthusiast, you would know this as a matter of routine. But if you're not... The roll up the win, rim to win thing is, um, it used to be, you actually had to roll up the rim. And it's fully digital now. And something went terribly wrong on Monday. And a whole bunch of people thought they had won $10,000. And then when they went in to claim their prizes, they were told, no, actually, that was a glitch. It didn't happen. You're not getting $10,000. How would you like a $50 gift card to spend at Tim's? Understandably, people aren't terribly excited about this. And my quick last word on it would be, uh, this is a multi-billion dollar Brazilian corporation. Just give the people the money. 
Let's say good morning to News Talk 1010's John Moore for what Toronto is talking about. John, great to see you on this Friday, Junior, as we like to call it here. Uh, let's begin with this one, a follow-up to a story we were reporting on yesterday. Uh, six Mississauga and Brampton schools that received those online threats. They will now see more police presence and increased security as they work to uh, try to figure out what to do ahead of the threats, which are slated for tomorrow. This is an expected outcome. Obviously, they were going to tighten some security. Uh, police are going to be patrolling the schools, not inside, but outside of the schools. And, you know, Jennifer, in all likelihood, this is a big prank, but you got to take everything seriously. Uh, the threat was against these six schools that there would be some sort of an armed attack on Friday. Uh, so I guess we're going to have two days of police presence, a lot of tension, probably some students who don't even want to be in mm -hmm. school or parents who don't want their kids to be in school. And in in all likelihood, the whole thing is just a, well, to call it a joke is to uh, underestimate, I guess, the mischief involved here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm sure many parents and students are, are losing sleep over this one. Uh, staying with schools, this one at, at, at university, Toronto Metropolitan University students uh, say that they feel misled about increased security claims. There were two sexual assaults at the uh, Toronto Metropolitan University, which people may better know as Ryerson last year. And in reaction to that, security said that they were going to up patrols. But you're right, there is a dispute over whether or not that has actually happened. And I guess this is all going to come down probably to paperwork and employment records because people on the campus, particularly those who live there, say that they haven't seen any increased patrols. But the university says as of November, they actually did up the security measures. Hmm, interesting. Okay, we're staying with another school story, uh, one that we also reported on earlier, yeah. John. Now the Ontario Principals Council is defending uh, three staff members at a Toronto elementary school after a black student was allegedly locked in a small room uh, for 30 minutes. This is the Ontario Principals Council, which represents principals and vice principals. They're simply upset about the fact that on the say-so of a mother who says that her child was discriminated against for race and locked in a small room, uh, three people are currently confined, well, not confined to their homes, but they're on home leave. And the council insists that this is not due process and that, the, you know, they want a further investigation into this. I have a feeling it's just one of those stories. A lot of people are talking about it, obviously. We certainly did yesterday. We will mm -hmm. again today on our show. Um, but I think this is a story where over time we may find out there's a much broader narrative. Mm -hmm. All right. And uh, I remember Roll Up the Rim. I'm not sure if they're still doing that. Uh, but, but now this. Tim Hortons wrongly tells customers that they won $10,000. It used to be roll up the rim, uh -huh. you're absolutely right, and you would grab your cup and you'd roll it up and take right. a look and it would say you've won or you haven't. Now it's entirely digital. And the thing is, it restarted on Monday, Jennifer, and several people in Canada were told that they had won $10,000. When they went to claim the money, they were told it was a glitch. They were offered a $50 card, which ironically enough, I guess, you have to spend at Tim Hortons. And I have a pretty good feeling this is going to result in a lawsuit of some kind. And and you have to think, you know, this company's had so much bad publicity. Mm. It's owned by a Brazilian mega corporation. Maybe you should just pay out the $10,000 to each of those people. Yeah, that must really suck to get your hopes up thinking you won 10 grand, have all these plans in your head, and then just to yeah. be told, uh, sorry. Computer glitch, not true. All right, okay, turning to this now. Uh, this had some dog walkers, dog owners, <laughs> scratching their heads. The city has now removed signage telling owners to tell their dogs to be quiet or not bark at a dog park. 
Everybody was talking about this story yesterday, and they got quick action from the city of Toronto. Signs were posted at a couple of dog parks, in particular one that is right next door to a condo building, and it said excessive barking will not be tolerated. Well, I don't know how anybody gets their dog not to bark while they're at a dog park. And so finally, somebody at the city, I'd love to know who, decided, oh, screw it, we'll take the signs down, go ahead and bark. Oh my gosh, that's equivalent to, you know, having signs up inside the cabin of an airplane saying, don't allow your babies to cry. Like, that's just is not going to happen. <laughs> babies will cry on flights. Okay, News Talk 1010's John Moore. Always a pleasure to chat with you. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good day. Jennifer Shang over at CP24. And I don't know if anybody is in the habit of, oh, John's about to be on CP24. I'll turn it on to see how completely out of control his hair is today. Uh, but one of the aspects of that appearance is that Bill Coulter, the weather guy, then chirps at me. But that's a portion that we don't include in the News Talk 1010 broadcast. So today he was mocking me for my golf game. So what I should do is I should just let it roll and, and hear Bill chortle. No, I'm good. And one of the funny things about this whole thing, and you as a sound guy would know this, Nick, is uh, we're getting what's called a floor feed uh, from CP24. So the people who are listening on News Talk 1010 hear like coughing, heavy breathing, Bill yelling things in the background. It's, uh, it's quite different from what people are seeing on CP24. And it's very funny because somebody stopped me just yesterday, actually, and said, I watch you every morning on CP24. I thought, okay, first of all, that means you're probably an insomniac. Um, but second of all, I, I've always observed of our segment that it is perhaps the most watched and least heard piece of television in the city of Toronto. Uh, we're big with people on treadmills who are reading the subtitles. Uh, 5.24 is the time. There's a new study out about our mental health and COVID, and it flies completely in the face of all of the common wisdom. We'll get to it in just a sec. New study finds, and this is actually a meta study, so they went over a whole bunch of other studies, and they find that the assumption that we all got depressed and anxious during COVID is not necessarily true. Now, that's mitigated partially by the fact that we were probably all anxious at various times during the COVID pandemic. And, you know, I, I remember going to Loblaws and shopping with a mask on and being afraid of being within two meters of anybody and the whole rigmarole of the checkout and then everything. I mean, honestly, uh, some of the insanity in the early days of COVID where we just didn't know how it was spread and we took every measure and then you got home and did what? You scrubbed everything before putting it into the refrigerator or the larder. Um, so yes, there was anxiety and, uh, anxiousness about all of the, um, you know, frustrating situations that we were living under, but this meta study finds that overall mental health, we were pretty resilient during COVID and we're resilient now. And I guess that's kind of in keeping with the famous maxim, keep calm and carry on, you know? six years of warfare in England and in particular in London, and people just kept pressing on. You're listening to The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. It's 5.36, happy Thursday, minus three degrees outside. And it's probably all for naught, but 
You have to be careful in a situation like this. So we got six schools in Brampton that are going to be under increased security measures, including police on site. All this as a result of a somewhat unspecified threat. I'm sure police have a handle on it, but um, public has not been told. But there was some sort of a threat that there would be an armed incident at a school on Friday. And six schools are implicated, all of them within the uh, Catholic board. And so they're going to have increased security measures today and tomorrow. Understandably, this parent, for example, just says that they are exasperated by the situation because it's unnecessary stress in an already stressful life. I've been paranoid pretty much the whole week because my child has special needs and he goes to the school. Um, and he's a child who never wants to miss a minute of school. And me having to tell him today, I'm too terrified to send you. So I'm breaking down. It's really hard. So parents like us and other parents need to be here and help the teachers, help the staff, help the students. Meanwhile, on Parliament Hill yesterday, grocers, the uh, head of uh, heads of three major chains, were testifying and all saying that, no, no, we are not profiteering off of inflation. We're not padding our profits. I thought it was interesting when we talked to Jim Stafford this week, he said, okay, I mean, just, you know, look at the graph. Um, here is the rate of inflation, uh, the rate of the inputs for grocery retailers. Here are their profits. And I know also, at the same time, it's almost impossible, I, I don't think anybody's ever going to be able to do it, to distill out the fact that, you know, the grocery retailers yesterday were saying, yeah, but, you know, a lot of our profits not coming from uh, things that have been hit by inflation. We're just doing better business and we're selling non-grocery products, non-food food products, and we're turning a profit on that. So, you know, what's it to you? Uh, but here's Galen Weston. We've been clear. It's the efficiency of our business and the strength of categories like cosmetics, even cough and cold, that have been driving our growth, not food. These are facts. We've explained them in our public disclosures, and they are formally audited by an independent third party. That does not change the underlying challenge. And while I believe food inflation will normalize, there are still far too many Canadians facing food insecurity. Meanwhile, uh, our own Siobhan Morris, without anybody mentioning her name, came up. You may recall Siobhan Morris took a picture of some chicken cutlets and she said, what the hey? Uh, I think she actually did. <laughs> was more explicit in her tweet. It just said, I beg your pardon? <laughs> yeah, because it was, I mean, I still don't know if that was just a labeling error or that was the genuine price of those cutlets, but uh, it ended up being referenced again by Galen Weston. I think that's, um, ex these are examples of customers gravitating towards the, the highest price items when there's a perfectly uh, competitively priced chicken, uh, you know, right next door. Um, and, you know, we looked at uh, our chicken prices across the entire enterprise and are very confident confident that we're offering terrific value. As a matter of interest, we lose money on every um, breast of chicken that we sell. The costs uh, of the of chicken um, at the were there. The, uh, let me put it differently. Um, chicken was at the right price in those stores uh, available to customers. And so we are absolutely confident about that and we'll continue to make every effort to ensure that that's the case. But how do you justify case. that those prices were there? You say that there's prices of chicken that are fair and reasonable, in, like sitting side by side, the expensive chicken. Then why is the expensive chicken there to begin with? It's a specialty product. Okay. Listen, I, I, 
I, I have a hard time with a billionaire complaining about how he's being persecuted because he's being accused of inflating his his profits. Um, I also am appreciative of the fact that there are certain commodities like rent and uh, home ownership and food where, I mean, these are necessities. You can't live without them. So the fact that food inflation has been hitting Canadians so hard that they're now eating differently, shopping differently, uh, I think is, is a majorly important issue. But I would also say that, you know, it's, it's never going to be established or proven that the grocery chains have been inflating their profits. But whenever they complain, I mean, yesterday, I don't know if it was Galen Weston or somebody else. I think it was the guy from Metro, maybe, who said, oh, you know, on $25, we only make a buck profit. Yes, but you're still turning a profit and you're, you're entitled to, but maybe you'll, you need to pay your employees better and maybe you need to find a way to make food more affordable and still turn a profit. So I was mentioning Pierre Polyevre. Let me pull that one out because uh, what a fascinating political story. It's impossible to keep secrets of what goes on in a caucus room. And in this case, somebody tattled and said that Pierre Polyevre chastised his MPs, the three of them, who are Dean Ellison, Colin Carey, and Leslin Lewis, for meeting with Christine Anderson, who's a far-right German politician, and just an overall pain in the butt, I have to say. I guess it's my fault for trying to follow and document right-wing nuttery that because I click on and reply to occasionally enough tweets, that's all I get in my feed now. So Christine Anderson, I had to silence because I just I don't care what she has to say. German politician who sits in the European Parliament and is one of those individuals who is hailed as fearless and, um, you know, landmark individual only because they dare to say racist and stupid things out loud that make racist and stupid people feel that they are being validated. Um, so all of this comes down to Pierre Polyev saying, listen, Google the people you meet with. Don't meet with the controversial politicians. I don't need to wear this come the next election. I think this is probably going to be an ongoing problem. I mean, there's no question that these three MPs knew exactly who they were meeting with. They were there to celebrate her. And so Leslin Lewis in particular, who has now run for the leadership twice, is going to, I think, continue to be somewhat of an insurgent for the federal conservatives. And I don't know if Pierre Pauly ever agrees with any of these uh, policy directions or ideas, but he's going to have to wear them. And uh, I, Robert Turner's theory actually is that Leslin Lewis is the next leader of the People's Party of Canada, in which case she's the next leader of a party that will never elect a single MP and good luck to her. It's just coming up to 5.54, enough time to tell you about a couple of other stories. This one is uh, interesting because it's, you know, hey, money, great. Investment, fantastic. Construction, okay. But I hate gambling. I loathe gambling. I've always said it's the only thing that I have maintained from my upbringing in the United Church of Canada where we couldn't even auction off a quilt or not auction, we had a lottery for a quilt and everybody complained, said, no, gambling, gambling bad. The other thing in the United Church is you're not supposed to drink. I think I gave up on that one a long time ago as well. But a billion dollar Vegas style resort and casino is going to be opening in 
Toronto. It'll be in Etobicoke. Uh, it'll be incorporated, they say, into Etobicoke's existing casino Woodbine. Uh, so it's at highways, the intersection of highways 401 and 427, adjacent to the Woodbine racetrack. The venue will feature a modern Vegas-style casino and integrated 400-room hotel. And it's a $1 billion development. Okay, like I said, it's a great business story. But at the same time, um, people go to Vegas because Vegas is kind of cool. Um, I don't know that people are going to go to Etobicoke just to go to a casino. So it's going to draw. The last research I read was that the average non-Vegas casino draws 90% of its clientele from within 50 kilometers. So this is just going to be a place for people in Toronto to go and lose their money. Subscribe today and always hear the latest episode of The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. Okay, more on that um, Tim Hortons business. This company can't get a break. I mean, mostly because I think it's poorly managed, to be honest. Um, You know, a lot of the things that come Tim Hortons' way are about how unhappy their franchisees have been, uh, amongst other issues. And I always love that Tim Hortons is regarded as some sort of a totem for Canada. You know, there's Tim Hortons, Shania Twain, um, the the McKenzie brothers, and Mounties, and Beavers. And the thing is, Tim Hortons is owned by a Brazilian mega corporation. So there's nothing inherently Canadian about it. There's no nothing more Canadian about drinking a Tim Hortons coffee in the morning than there is drinking Starbucks or McDonald's coffee in the morning. But it's a powerful brand. I think it's been severely damaged over the last little while, and this latest screw-up is not going to help. The roll up the wind contest went all digital a couple of years ago. So you don't have to roll up the rim anymore. You use, I guess, I'm not a part of this program, but you are you a part of this program, Nick? Yes, I have the Tim Hortons app. And what happens is with each purchase, yes. you get one or two rolls, as it were. You push a button, and then it tells you if you're a winner or not. Or have you won anything this week? Uh, no. Actually, no. Sorry. I won a few points towards okay. the purchase. Super. Well, what happened was a bunch of people were notified by the app that they had won $10,000. And in particular, there's one guy. He's a paramedic, Luc Massé. He, he's in Moncton. He's told he's won $10,000. He tells all his friends. He starts dreaming about where he's going to spend the money. And then he finds out when he goes to claim this that it was a mistake. It was a computer glitch. He didn't win $10,000. So they said, okay, well, how about... In return for this, um, you know, in compensation for this screw-up, we're going to give you a $50 gift card, spendable at Tim Hortons. Uh, People are not terribly impressed with that. Jeremy McDougal is another guy who was um, roped into this mess. Uh, He spoke last night on News Talk tonight with Jim Richards and described his reaction to thinking he had won $10,000. So I rolled two. The first one was a free coffee, and I thought, hey, that's a pretty good start. And then the second one popped up with a pop-up that said an email verification will be sent. So I clicked OK, and then the screen behind it told me that I had won a $10,000 American Express prepaid card. Okay. 
So when he tried to claim that, he was told, like everybody else has been told, you didn't actually win $10,000. Uh, so how about a $50 gift card? I forwarded the email right back to the digital team and said, you can keep it. My, you'll be hearing from my lawyers, just kind of throwing that out there. But yeah. Have you contacted a lawyer yet? I've been, well, my wife mostly has been in contact and uh, getting some advice, but that's basically as far as it's gone so far. We haven't decided anything yet. Okay, so I'd, I'd like to know how many people got the bogus $10,000 prize. Because I have to think that the collateral damage in all of this, or the collective damage in all of this, is probably worth more than it would cost to give each of those people $10,000. As a matter of fact, you know, it would be very Oprah-esque. Uh, Tim Horton's reputation, I think, would be enhanced if they honored this uh, mistake. So maybe we'll be able to answer that question shortly. But if it's like, you know, 100 people, then how, how bad would it be for you, Tim Hortons, you multi-billion dollar corporation? Uh, how hard would it be for you to just swallow that as an expense and then, you know, take all bask in the uh, admiration that you will get on social media for having done so? Great story today. Um, and again, this is all dependent upon real estate agents, and maybe they're just trying to froth the market. But apparently, um, as some people had predicted, one of the problems with the real estate market is it doesn't actually always respond to supply and demand. So we have a situation where we raised the central bank rate, and so the price of housing has been coming down. And it seems as houses are selling that the, it's down anywhere between 10 and 20% in some neighborhoods. But the problem there is that people are not listing their houses. So there's still almost no supply. So people are continuing to buy and to make offers. All this to say that in the coverage I'm looking at today, and in particular, they promote a celebrity realtor, Patrick Roca. Um, and, and apparently bidding contests and no condition offers and uh, even bully offers are back in style. So, yeah, the price may be down, but houses are being snapped up. And I guess that's good news to anybody out there who is thing is almost nobody needs to sell, you know, I always think, I, and I cite, and hopefully that it doesn't bother them, but my next door neighbors are empty nesters. They raised, I think, three kids in their house. Um, they're probably in their 60s. So they have a house now that could be housing, you know, a half a dozen people, but it's just two people living there. So it comes down to how much do we like the neighborhood? How long do we want to live here? When can we cash out, get the best money, and then move to another place that suits our needs? You know, in the case of my parents, they lived in an enormous house in NDG in Montreal. But my mother had always vowed she would die in the house, and she practically did. And we had to drag my father kicking and screaming out of the place. Um, so one of the big housing issues is the unavailability of houses on the market, which will continue to keep the price fairly high. That's The Breakfast Wrap. Thanks a lot for listening. My name is John Moore. I hope we'll talk again soon. You've been listening to The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. Don't forget to subscribe and get the latest episode from wherever you get your podcasts. And listen weekday mornings from 5 to 9 on News Talk 1010.